Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to Spurs Cast, episode 484. My name is Paul Garcia, and I am the host of the Spurs Cast. Joining me uh, is Project Spurs' John Diaz. John, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm happy to talk some basketball today. Yeah, uh, just real quick before we jump into the Spurs. Um, so you live in Houston. What's the vibe right now with, among the Rockets fans? You know, is this like they think they're going to be Golden State level, or, or they think they just have a really good shot coming into the playoffs in I, two months? I think the Rockets fans you run into they're they're few and far between because everyone is still running on the Astros high from the World Series and you know spring training being this week. But I, I feel like they think they can beat Golden State. And, you know, they have every reason to be confident right now. I mean, they won, I think, 13 straight. But it literally today, like, out of the shows I watched and on the news, today was the first time they've mentioned, hey, the Rockets are on a 13-game winning streak. And it's like, okay, well, you know, <laughs> I'm glad you guys are finally paying attention, even though the Astros are still the talk of the town. Yeah, I mean, regardless of how far they go, I do want to see. I do want to see. Um, you know, hopefully they get they get a chance. You know, if if them and Golden State do meet in the in the in the playoffs, that they get to play them fully healthy. Unlike what happened to the Spurs last year, where Kawhi ended up getting hurt there uh, in that series. Um, let's go to move into the Spurs, John. Though, uh, let's first go through the last two games since the last time I recorded with Michael DeLeon. Um, you know, last time me and Mike, uh, you know, we were wrong and right at the same time. So we had both thought the Spurs would, would drop um, the game to Cleveland and would win the game against Denver, but the, the opposite happened where they lost to Denver but instead beat Cleveland. So in a way, we were we were right because we went one and one, <laughs> but in, in con- <laughs> with context, we were actually wrong. Uh, so first, John, that last game on Friday, uh, the Spurs returned from the uh, fr- from All Star break where they had over a week off. Uh, they lost to the Nuggets in a close one, 122-119 on the road. Uh, LaMarcus went for 38. You had a Patty Mills start because Danny Green had food poisoning from some bad spaghetti. Uh, he scores 21, and then they had three other guys with 12 points. Uh, just quick takeaways from that Denver game. Uh, it's, it's amazing how terrible this team is defensively without Danny Green. That's pretty much my whole takeaway from that game. And, <laughs> you know, I, I expected them to beat Denver too, especially coming back from – the way they lost that first game before the rodeo, I mean, before the all-star break and then coming back, but you know, it was at least a closer game and LaMarcus going off was, was a pleasant sight, but you know, if you don't have any of your best defenders on the floor, you know, DeJounte Murray's (laughs) your athletic length and Kyle Anderson's your other wing player. It's not going to end well. Yeah, I had I had um, hope for them too. That's why I actually picked them when, when me and Mike discussed this last week. Was that you know without Lamarcus, they were actually ahead by I think double digits against Denver, and they ended up dropping that game. So I you know I thought with the healthy Lamarcus, you know, and the whole team, all those thirty year old guys having the, having a week off, they'd be okay. But no, they actually ended up losing that one. And you're right, it, it came back to the defensive end where they gave up 122 points. It kind of amazes me now that we look at the box score and they scored 119 by only making five threes. San Antonio. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, in the end, it, it still wasn't enough. So they dropped. 
out that game in Denver on 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 a Friday, but then the surprising win came on Sunday against Cleveland. The Spurs were a uh, underdog in that game, and the Spurs ended up beating the Cavs by 16 points. You know, it was actually a close game throughout, and then San Antonio eventually pulled away there in the fourth quarter, outscoring Cleveland 34-20. Uh, you know, Lamarcus again went off for 27 points. Um, Danny Green came off the bench in this one again, uh, but this time with 22 points. And then uh, several players had had uh, over 10 points. And I think the one guy that stood out here was DeJounte Murray, where he really took it upon himself to get more aggressive in the fourth quarter, uh, pushed the pace, and he ended up scoring 10 of his last 13 points in that fourth. What were your impressions of that Cavs game? Uh, I, I love DeJounte Murray going against Cleveland, and I know he sees LeBron as his mentor and a bigger brother. But the way that he just turns his game on when it's in, you know a bigger moment and, and the spotlight is really encouraging. And I don't want to take too much away from Cleveland. I believe that was their first loss with the whole new roster that they built. And you know the poor three point shooting obviously is going to help San Antonio. But I'll take a win. You know as long as they you know they won a second game in the rodeo road trip, which is really embarrassing that you know on all these years they went two and four on the rodeo road trip. But to win that last game and against Cleveland was maybe a little spark for the rest of the season. Yeah, and I think something that, that it kind of renews in the guys and kind of even even as, as I watch from afar, you know, as a, as a person who's not on the team, is that you kind of have a little bit more faith now that they can beat some of these good teams. You know, Cleveland is a team above above 500, and the Spurs had just been dropping those games left and right against the really good teams. And so now, you know, you see still without Kawhi, who we're going to talk about pretty soon here, uh, the Spurs can at least beat them with, with the, you know, a good Aldridge game and a good balanced attack um, all over the roster as well, like, like they showed there. So maybe this will be pinpoint San Antonio where they won't, you know, their season does look tough, which we're going to talk about pretty uh, later as well. But it gives them some hope uh, going forward that they can still get some wins against uh, some of these better teams in the league. Okay, John, so our, our, uh, our main topic, I mean, it's basically been the topic of the NBA, especially when, when you say the San Antonio Spurs' name around, around areas. Um, it's Kawhi Leonard, you know, his whole injury situation. It's turning into, I know Pop said it's not a drama back in January, but it looks like a drama right now. Uh, so let's go through a quick timeline here of what's going on uh, with Kawhi. So last Wednesday, five, uh, six days ago, now that you and I are recording this on Tuesday evening, uh, Pop comes out and says he shocks the whole NBA world by saying, I'll be surprised if Kawhi, if Kawhi returns this season. Uh, so, you know, everybody goes, everybody thinks the Spurs' season's over. You know, they, it's you, you pretty much they're expecting that he's not going to return. So then Woj later on puts out, uh, puts an article out and, and Mike writes saying that, uh, that uh, Kawhi's um, actually been cleared to, to return um, for, for a good chunk of the season uh, but he was seeking outside consultation in New York. He called it a complicated relationship with the Spurs. So here we go again. We have this whole drama where he's not happy with San Antonio is basically what, what you're hearing there. Um, then on Friday, Woj was on a podcast, one of his podcasts with Ramona Shelbourne. And he made a comment that he says that Pop's quote last week was actually directed at one person is what he's hearing. And that's Kawhi. So basically, Pop said, I'll be surprised. It's kind of a message to Kawhi that, hey, are you going to come back or not? Uh, well, then, John, on Monday evening, uh, the news comes out now from Woj and Mike Wright. Um, you know, Kawhi's actually been in, in, in New York for three three weeks um, seeking outside consultation and working out. And that he's going to try to um, work back and try to get back uh, near the end of March here. So he's actually re- returned to San Antonio. He's going to start working out again. It'll be a gradual progression where they hope that he can eventually go from three-on-three three to five-on-five. Five, and then hopefully sometime here in March, uh, they're going to have him back on the court. Uh, so, you know, just your, your takeaways right now with this whole Kawhi situation. Uh, you know, pause me if I get long-winded because there's so much going on. Um, the Michael C. Wright thing, I think it's funny that when him and Woj came out and talked about Kawhi's unhappiness, everyone was like, no, that's BS, and it's not true. If Kawhi was unhappy, why wouldn't he just say so? And then, of course, it comes out that 
hey, he's back in San Antonio ready to practice with the team. And it's like, oh, hey, awesome. ESPN had the scoop and, you know, it's all positive and happy thoughts and this and that. But I, I kind of find it funny, you know, everyone that surrounds this team, all of us have our own inside sources and ways of getting information out. And the only way to get any information out this entire season has been when it's when their struggles have been going on. So, you know, it, it's kind of like a release valve, like all the tension inside the organization is finally getting released out. And it's kind of funny that Pop had to make that comment about, you know, we need to play the way the way Kawhi's not coming back. Which, you know, as Mike Finger also pointed out that, hey, it's, it's kind of interesting to see who that was directed to. Was it directed to the guys currently playing? To, hey, you know, stop pretending like this guy's going to come save your season. Or, you know, if Kawhi, hey, you know what, if you don't want to play, you don't want to play. And just stay over there rehabbing until whatever. Um Funny enough, I was listening to Jabari Young's podcast today on the Spurs Insider, and he mentioned as Monday as Kawhi's comeback, that he thinks he'll be back Monday, which, you know, it's kind of shocking because I would figure that it would take him at least a week or two of rehabbing with, or, you know, practicing with the team before he's ready to play. But at the same time, they've got a three-game homestand. Why not take advantage of playing in front of your home fans? If he's been cleared since God knows when, you know, maybe he's already, it, it seems like it's been a mental issue all along with the reason he hasn't played. So maybe he would be back sooner than later. I mean, the, the quicker he gets on the court is great, but I'm, I'm not pressed in any sort of way to rush him onto, you know, into game action. Yeah, that's interesting that you mentioned that now. That I, That's the first time I'm hearing that, that, that Jabari's putting that out there on that podcast. Because, you know, as of yesterday, actually, uh, Monday, uh, when, I, when I watched a, a, a Woj segment on ESPN, he had said, uh, you know, the Spurs were hoping to have him back near the end of March. Um, so, so, you know, wh- whichever timeline that, that matches, you know, obviously the Spurs will be thrilled to have him back. Um, some, some target timeline dates. Let's go through these real quick. Um, do you think, uh, you know, so, so let's, so here's, here's, here's where, where it happens. Uh, March 3rd, there's 20 games left. March 13th, there's about 15. And then, uh, March 23rd, there's about 10 games left. Where do you think is, is that kind of like the line? Do you think, do you think there's a line for pop and the Spurs as to work? What point maybe they, they, they want to have him back, or or maybe they just say, "Hey, we see that you're trying to work hard, but we it, it's pr- probably a little bit too late. We don't want to risk you um, injuring anything further." Uh, you know, funny enough, it was something I was working on prior to the news coming out of Kawhi's return that I honestly don't believe it matters when he comes back. I think Pop is going to be the one that draws the line if you know we get into spring break and late March, and Kawhi is like, "Hey, I'm ready to go." I, I feel like Pop would be the one to stop that, but. I, I was looking at some stuff earlier where the reason I don't think it matters is, you know, granted Kawhi needs time to gel with this squad and this and that, but when we come to playoff time and the rotation shrinks, the only guys that you're really missing out of, you know, the top 10 minutes in, in, in playoff minutes that players received the last season were Jonathan Simmons and David Lee are the only two that aren't on the team anymore. You know, it, it's one of those things where he's going to be familiar with this stuff, and granted you have lineups with DeJounte Murray starting now, trying to find a place for Manu, for Mills, for Parker, and who's going to close out games. But I honestly believe that there's such a system in place already that Kawhi can step in, and as long as he doesn't step on LaMarcus's toes, that they'll be fine. They can get through the first round or two trying to, you know, iron out whatever kinks that they have and maybe potentially get it to ba- get back to the Western Conference Finals healthy. 
No, that, that's a that's a really good point. Um, especially the part you said about you know, especially the the, the main part of that segment right there was making sure not to step on the Marcus's toes because you obviously you see you know he's been very confident and, and comfortable this season. He's made himself back into the All Star uh, category, but you know with, with Kawhi there, it, it did look a little awkward in those nine games. And obviously that's a small sample size uh, where it was kind of like your turn, my turn. Which you know maybe that's what they got to base it off of. That's kind of what you need because Lamarcus was kind of. Um, playing i don't want to say a level down but he was like you know kind of letting Kawhi do his thing the last two years here uh when they've been together and so maybe now you know you see that it can be almost like an old like okc kind of system where it was russ and kd where they were kind of like taking advantage of, of the mess the matchups they had and you know that way each of them got got their own um you know their own shot selections and, and whoever had uh, better positioning on the floor so that'll be something to watch as well um as far as their the relationship with the spurs do you think there has been do you think there's going to be um, some mending that needs to happen here, or do you think you know? Come July first, as long whether he's whether he's healthy, whether he plays, or whether whether he gets set back again, uh, do you think they're still going to offer him this max contract? I, I think they'd be foolish not to offer him that that super max because you don't want to risk him feeling disrespected. Even granted that you know he's sitting out on his own accord, but at the same time, you know that's your franchise player. You've already given him the keys to the franchise. He's already brought you a, a championship and a Finals MVP. Granted, he may never play 82 games again, depending on what the what the actual quad injury is. But Kawhi's already had that injury history. Either way, you're not going to just just you know disrespect your MVP candidate just because. All right, he had a bad season. It happens. I I think they'd be dumb not to actually offer him the supermax, regardless, because it's not like you know this team has been really great with cap gymnastics and keeping course together and you know just continuing to build over the last two decades. I, I'm sure that they could handle it, you know, giving Kawhi the supermax. And if it doesn't pan out, well, it doesn't pan out. But this team is still extremely talented, and they still have the resources to go out there. And, you know, if the rumors are true, they can go chase Aaron Gordon this summer by just shedding a couple contracts, and that'll be nice. Yeah, I, I agree with you where I think that, you know, regardless of how, you know, whether he gets back and he makes it and, he, and he's, you know, and he's able to play out the season and go into the playoffs or, you know, maybe maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's still in too much pain. He tries it a few few games and it just doesn't happen. I think that they'll still offer him that max contract because you're right. You know, you don't find uh, a multi all-star on, on uh, you know, an MVP candidate out on free agency that's going to come to San Antonio right now uh, or, or even even drafting them that that quickly, um, those kind of players. So so I think that they will offer Kawhi that super max Okay, John, moving on to our second topic of the show. Uh, let's talk about the Spurs' grueling schedule here to end the season. Uh, you know, 16 of their final 21 opponents are teams that are above 500. Uh, right now, the Spurs have gone 13 and 20 against these types of teams, which means that they're on pace to go 6 and 10 down the stretch here against these teams. Again, this is this is thinking here that, that Kawhi probably won't be back uh, with this kind of number. So, John, do you think over under, do you think they're going to they can win more than six of these games against these better teams in the league down the stretch? I think they can if we use the Cleveland game as a barometer. I mean, the good thing about their schedule is there's only eight road games left. There's only two back-to-backs left, and one of those back-to-backs is just, you know, hanging out in Los Angeles for the week. Um, Outside of that, I don't see why this team couldn't go 500. They seem to be gelling at the right time, you know, especially the way Kyle Anderson has gotten into his role of, you know, being a little bit better on the defensive end. Uh, And Danny Green, you know, his offense is pretty crucial at this point. Um but it, it, it's the thing about the teams within three and nine in the West are all kind of like in the same boat. Granted that there's not a lot of margin for error, but as we go down the stretch, especially teams like Golden State, who the Spurs play twice, they're going to be resting their stars and making sure their guys are physically and mentally ready for the postseason. So I, I think the priority of making sure your team is 
better taken care of for a playoff run takes you know precedence over hey are they going to beat these teams that are over 500 in the western conference and the east and stuff like that i think the spurs can get by with maybe a, a decent 500 record and still lock up the four seed Okay, yeah, I agree with you as well. Um, and you you mentioned a good point there, where like you know the three through nine teams, and even in the East, somebody like the Wizards or um, you know or the, or the Bucks, they're not playing spectacular basketball at the moment. So so I think that in those games, you know, when it's not when it's not Houston or, or or the Warriors, and again, depending on where the Warriors and Houston are at in the standings, like you mentioned, they may be taking games off down the stretch here uh, when when they do play San Antonio, just because they may already have their their, their seeds locked up. Uh, those other teams, you know, that three through nine bubble, and plus the, those East teams. You know, th- those are still games where San Antonio, if they're they're either a favorite or underdog, it's still within like you know three three to five points. So it's never like a, an issue where where they don't have the talent even without Kawhi to, to compete with these teams. So so I, I'm going to go over as well. I think they'll win more than six of these games against these 500 teams. I mean, those these above 500 teams um, down the stretch. Okay, Spurs cast listeners, John and I are going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. This podcast is brought to you by ADT. When it comes to something as important as your family's safety, you need real protection with ADT. What does real protection mean for you? Well, real protection means you can get all of the latest innovation in smart home security from ADT combined with 24-7 monitoring from the most trusted name in home security. You'll get a team of professionals designing and installing a secure smart home just for you, including 18,000 employees safeguarding you and your family, along with a connection to first responders. Your secure smart home includes everything from video doorbells and indoor and outdoor cameras to smart locks and lights controlled from the ADT Go app or the sound of your voice. You can also get professionally monitored carbon monoxide and smoke detectors. Everything is custom designed to fit your home, all from the nation's number one smart home security provider. You can even get safety on the go in the car or when the kids are at school with the ADT Go app with an SOS button. Ready to learn more? Visit ADT.com backslash podcast to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you. Thank you for tuning in to SpursCast, episode 484. My name is Paul Garcia. I am joined by Project Spurs' John Diaz. If you are on tw- Twitter, follow him, at by John Diaz. Again, that's at by John Diaz. Okay, John, so we have a few uh, Twitter questions here um, from these SpursCast listeners. Uh, they use the hashtag SpursCast. The first one is a little similar to our discussion about Kawhi, but if there's anything new here, you can, you can respond to it. Um, the first one's um, from at Bem Zangato. They ask... This situation with Kawhi is just too messy. If it happened in any other franchise, everyone would think the player wants to leave. But it's the Spurs. A few days ago, Pop said he wouldn't come back. Now he is returning to practice. What happened in these days? So the way I want to phrase this question to you, John, is do you think there was some sort of conversation between um, Spurs organization and Kawhi in these last five days since Pop said that whole surprise, I'd be surprised, and then now all of a sudden he's back at practice? Yeah, I, I believe so. I, I think it's getting to a point where, you know, the Spurs were protecting him at all costs just because of how Kawhi is with the media and with publicity and stuff and how the Spurs are as an organization. They like to keep things close to the vest and tight knit. But you've got so many reports coming out from left and right. You've got Jalen Rose saying he wants out one day and then Kawhi is rehabbing in New Jersey the next. And it, it's just one of those things where, you know, they're going to have to talk it out and mend some fences and, you know, there, there's reports out there of how Kawhi got hurt and what Kawhi did to get hurt. And, you know, no one knows the truth except for what's inside the organization. And as long as there's some sort of at least a modicum of trust between the two, and you have Kawhi going out and telling his teammates today in practice that he plans on coming back, then 
I think everything's fine. I think people are just trying to make a not a, a story out of a non-issue. But when there's nothing coming out of the organization except for leaks from un, you know anonymous sources, that's all that you can do. Yeah, especially since uh, like like you know like Mike Finger wrote, he stays quiet on the matter, which kind of you know that that's his personality, but also you know it would help sometimes just to, to come out and just do a you know a little <laughs> kind of fake PR session of just saying I want to be here, kind of like what Lamarcus did when, he, when there was trade rumors were swirling around him uh, last season. Uh, I, I do think. I mean, actually, this is just a hunch here, I guess, uh, that maybe there was some sort of conversation about a security where maybe they maybe they did talk to him these last five days of, you know, regardless of, how, of whether you can come back or not this season, you, you are our, our guy. You're the you're the long term future here. We're going to I think that there's some safety there. I don't I don't think they can actually say we're going to offer you the max because that's probably some sort of CBA um, issue there. But uh, maybe, you know, they're, they're, I think that they've given him their assurances that, that, that they're going to protect him, you know, whether he can play or not this season and especially going forward into the summer. Uh, I, I think maybe there was some sort of conversation there between the Spurs and Kawhi that, that his future is going to be okay here in San Antonio where they're, they're going to look out for the best for him. Uh, maybe that's a conversation that happened those last five days. Uh, at Bem Zangato, also ask another question. Um, should Spurs fans worry? Can he leave? Is it possible that that this is just an Iron Man for the Superman contract. I, I mean, Iron Arm for the Supermax contract. I don't know what that meant because I, I even looked at it. <laughs> I never heard that phrase. Um, you know, I think that's kind of what I just said, but did, do you have anything to add there? Uh, it, it could be, but, you know, Kawhi didn't look ready when he played those nine games, even though looking at the stats, especially like those last three games when he came back and he was averaging four steals and still scoring 20 points. You know, you would think, okay, well, he looks like he's just fine, but you could tell there was some kind of mental and just a hesitation to his game that he normally doesn't have. So I, I think it was just a confidence issue all along, especially, you know, that having that injury and having, having reoccurring quad issues, it probably did scare him off a little bit. And it doesn't help when, you know, you've got all these stories coming out, but I don't think... Kawhi's going to go anywhere. I, you know, there's not not another organization that's going to protect him the way San Antonio does, and I think he knows and they know this is their best chance to keep the you know this dynasty going between him. You know, you've got an up and comer in Dejounte Murray. You still have Lamarcus. You know, ending getting towards the tail end of his prime, it, and you know the team's in a transitional period, especially with free agency coming up with Danny and Kyle Anderson, but. Yeah, you know, I don't think Kawhi's going anywhere. I think everything's going to be just fine, and we're going to laugh, you know, in a couple months when, you know, this team is just starting to tear through people in the playoffs, if he comes back, and just say, okay, what what the hell did we make a story out of for for these many months, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, just to answer this person's question, you know, technically, can he leave? Yes, he can, but it's, it's at a certain period of time. Uh, he, he, he is under contract for next season, and then next summer, 2019, uh, he is able to pl- opt out of his player option if he wanted to leave. Again, I don't think that's happening. As John and I just said, we think he's taking this, that, that they're going to offer him the Supermax, and we think he'll sign it uh, if if that does happen. So yeah, he can leave, but not for for a while here. Uh, and and you know that that's kind of the the course there. Uh, let's move on to our last Twitter question, John. It comes from at Wevin Cashburn. They ask Spurs. The Spurs have three young players hitting free agency: Kyle Anderson, Davis Bertans, and Brent Forbes. Who gets a second contract with San Antonio? It seems unlikely that all three will be back next year. So some quick financial figures here. Uh, Kyle can become a restricted free agent if the Spurs tender him a $3.9 million qualifying offer. Brent Forbes can be a restricted free agent as well if the Spurs tender him a $1.6 million qualifying offer. And Davis Bertans can also be a, a restricted free agent for with a $1.6 million qualifying offer. Uh, so go ahead, John, your response to that question. Uh, I think Kyle Anderson is gone, and we're going to miss him when he's gone. 
uh, I always think back to the quote at the beginning of the season when Pop said that, you know, he would be remiss if he didn't give Kyle Anderson the minutes that he deserves just to know what they have in him. And granted, he probably didn't think it was going to happen in terms of Kawhi missing almost the entire season. But now he's seen what they have and other teams have seen what they have. And Kyle's going to get a really decent contract this summer. And I don't think it's going to be with San Antonio. Granted, he'll be restricted and stuff. But if, you know, I don't know the entire capital implications, but with the Supermax and maybe what they're trying to target in free agency and how they want to build around this roster, it's going to be kind of difficult to retain them. Uh, you know, especially with Kyle's game, he's he's not great at any one thing, but he's good at everything, and he would be really valuable on every team in this in this league, especially San Antonio, the way they've built him up. Uh, Forbes is interesting because he's one of the two players this season that has played every single game, with the other being Patty Mills. Mm-hmm. But I, I haven't seen enough in him to say, you know, an- another team's going to chase him. I mean, he's a great shooter, so of course he's he's going to draw interest, but. You, you kind of wonder if he's more of a product of San Antonio because we saw what happened with Gary Neal once he left. He, <laughs> you know, he kind of flamed out pretty fast and it turned out that he started dog-cussing Pop in all these articles and stuff. Uh, and I think I think Bertans is pretty much safe for now. You know, his his game seems a little limited. He kind of seems like a more athletic Matt Bonner at times, but go look at those highlight tapes and how he can just light up a scoreboard and he can drive and he can defend the rim at an okay rate. I, I think he gets another contract strictly because, you know, he's he's valuable in this league. He's valuable to be able to stretch the floor. And, you know, at, how old is he, 24, 25? Like, you know, he's still developing. And he, once he gets more comfortable and gets those minutes, you know, maybe the Spurs won't need to sign someone like a Joffrey Laverne for insurance just in case they don't know what they have in Bertans. I think he gets a second contract. Okay, yeah, and I, I'm with you where I, I think that because the Spurs can make all three of these guys – um uh, restricted free agents. I think that it, it's more for their advantage, where they can kind of, you know, they're gonna. I think they'll. I think they'll tender offers to all three of these players, and then they'll kind of look at the market and say, okay, see, you know, see what's your, you know, like kind of like what Simmons almost like last year, where, where they gave him a restricted, they made him restricted free agent at first, and then obviously there was some issues there within the negotiations because he 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 didn't end up signing for as much as San Antonio could have offered. He ended up signing with Orlando for six million, but you know. With these three players, Kyle, uh, Brennan, and, and Bertans, it's going to be like the mark. T- the market's going to kind of dictate, w- you know, whether or not we're going to match your offer and keep you long term or not. Um, I think I, I agree with you. I think Kyle's the one who's going to end up going because, you know, he's definitely going to want some more playing time uh, and, and a role, especially if uh, Kawhi Leonard and Rudy Gay are, are going to be, you know, healthy. Ho- hopefully for the foreseeable future. You know, I think that if they were both healthy right now, Kyle wouldn't be getting these kind of minutes, like you mentioned. Uh, his role, maybe some of these stats that he's putting up, what uh, we would have never got to see this kind of Kyle Anderson come out if he didn't get to play uh, this entire season, you know, under under this new role and extended minutes. So I think that he's looking for more opportunity. And I think that teams have seen, you know, he's he, he, can, he can hold his own on defense, like I mentioned there in the, in the block category, the steal category. You know, he, his, his defensive rating backs him up. And then offensively, obviously, his only shot, his only weak main weakness is the, is the uh, whole um, not being able to shoot from the outside. Uh, and I, you know, I don't know if he's ever going to de- develop that. He's already going into his fifth year here. Here, he's still really hesitant with that outside shot. But you know, so is Ben Simmons of the Sixers, and you know, these kind of players <laughs> who can do different things like pass, post up, uh, play, be versatile players all over the floor. They're going to find a job here in the NBA. So Kyle, I think, is going to have some, some interest from teams. 
And again, how, how high do the Spurs want to match his contract? I think that, again, depends on like what you mentioned. You know, what are they targeting to do in free agency here this summer? Are they trying to go after a big name? Are they, are they, do they think that Kawhi Supermax is going to really put a hamper on their books going forward, especially after they gave LaMarcus the extension too? Um, that, that's kind of where, where the financials, I think, have a huge part on Kyle's deal. As for, for Bertans and Forbes, again, I, I think a team would have to um, really uh, outbid the Spurs here to, to get one of these two players. And I don't even think, I think that for, for both of them, they're probably just going to, they're going to see, you know, can I get more than $1.6 million that San Antonio is offering me? Uh, and that, that'll be an interesting question to see, especially with, with all the teams um, going into a, a, having their cap uh, situation restricted right now because it's, very, it's going to be a very tight market here this summer. And those guys, you know, like you mentioned, don't, don't have a, they don't have a wide variety of skills um, on, on both ends of the floor here. Uh, and then two guys to, to keep in mind are, are Danny Green has a $10 million player option. The Spurs don't know if he's going to opt out or, or keep or st- stay in with that contract. And, and if he does opt out, you know, all of a sudden now if Danny becomes a player, maybe they need to try to try to re-sign. Or maybe if he, if he gets out, they get outbidded for him and he goes sunshine elsewhere, then all of a sudden they lost their starting shooting guard. Uh, Rudy Gay, too, has a player option, and so does Joffrey Laverne. So uh, I think that they will tender them those those qualifying offers and kind of let the market dictate whether or not they bring some of these players back but like you john i don't think they'll bring all three back yeah um, and another, another thing to consider too is like with the two-way contracts I, i'm not entirely too sure because they can sign up for two years but i'm not sure if hilliard only got one year or, or you know what's going on from there but and you know me i'm, I'm the one to talk up the austin guys but <laughs> you know jerron blossom game is sitting there four four days i think four days younger or four days older than kyle anderson who's more athletic, a better defender, even though he doesn't have the outside shooting. But, you know, he just put up 21-9 and nine two nights ago effortlessly. I mean, he's been there, and he's playing really well that he could fill in that role as long as he can kind of develop a little bit more offensively, which he can do in Summer League and with Chip England. You know, they, they have a replacement right there for a lot cheaper. And who would fit this kind of like this drive and kick and that athleticism and length that you already get with Kyle Anderson? Yeah, no, no, that's a good point, especially that you just threw out the, the Blossom game name because, you know, there's been articles written recently about him, how he's kind of biding his time in Austin. It, it was a good decision for him because he's obviously, it looks like he's in the Spurs' long-term future plans. And that is, you know, that that's actually something I didn't think about. So maybe, you know, that actually throws another wrinkle here. Even if maybe they don't even offer Kyle the... Uh, the, the, the restricted free agency offer, uh, the, the qualifying offer, and just instead go straight, you know, for Blossom game or keep him as a backup plan in case uh, Kyle walks or even if Danny Green, you know, and, ends up being too, a little bit too too much to uh, to give a contract to uh, this coming summer. So that'll be something interesting to watch. You know, I think that I, I told people this where I, I'm, I'm actually really anticipating the the July 1st free agency because I think it's so interesting <laughs> what's, where some of these teams are at, especially the Spurs and all these decisions as they, that they have to make. It's going to be a little interesting to see where everyone's kind of um, looking to, 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 to put their to open up their team and expand their and expand their rosters uh john for the last segment let's go ahead and preview the the uh, spurs upcoming three games um on wednesday they returned to, uh, to san antonio uh, since they left for the rodeo road trip uh, they played the new orleans pelicans who are 34 and 26 overall they're fifth in the west uh the pelicans are actually seven and three in their last 10 since demarcus cousins got hurt they're seven and five overall uh, without Boogie, they are one. They're scoring 104.8 points per 100, which is 22nd offensively, defensively, uh, holding teams to 105.4 points per 100, which is ninth defensively during that stretch. Uh, the Spurs are a five-point favorite for this game. Who do you have in San Antonio on Wednesday? I, I will take the Spurs despite Anthony Davis being a complete monster the other night and in his last ten games, 36 and 13 while shooting 51, percent which is absurd. Um, what? What's kind of interesting in those six wins, three of them went into overtime. One went to double OT. 
And the game last night against Phoenix was actually really close until the Suns just rem- remembered, hey, we're, we're tanking this season, so <laughs> go ahead and let Anthony Davis get everything he wants. But I, I think the Spurs, as long as 80 doesn't go for maybe 60 and 20, I think they'll pull it out and, you know, welcome home. The way, Especially the way San Antonio plays at home, I think that they can actually pull it out. Okay, I have the Spurs too. You know, if Boogie was healthy, I'd probably pick the, the Pelicans in this one since Kawhi's probably won't be back by tomorrow, uh, by Wednesday. But I think Lamarcus has had a pretty good history here in the Spurs jersey against Anthony Davis, where he kind of takes it at him, and, and they have they usually have a pretty good matchup. So um, I, I, I'm going to give this one to San Antonio as well uh, in that game. Then, John, on Saturday, the Spurs play uh, the Lakers, who are 26 and 34 overall, 11th in the Western Conference. LA is actually doing well; they're seven and three in their last ten. But with context, I went back and looked at the record. I was like, "How are they seven and three? Turns out they actually have, they only have like two good wins on the, on that record. That's a they they won two games against OKC. The rest are all those teams that are um, in the tanking conversation. So so the record is a little you know uh, um, not not trustworthy just at the moment. Uh, the Lakers overall are scoring one hundred three point three points per one hundred twenty fourth in the league offensively, holding teams to one hundred five point three points per one hundred eleventh in the league defensively. Who do you have on Saturday between the Spurs and Lakers? Yeah, that defensive rating is kind of insane when you think about it. It's just, you would expect that team to be a little bit better, but I, I'll take the Spurs on that one just because the Lakers have been on a roller coaster since the start of this season. And, you know, granted, yeah, they beat OKC, but they also beat Phoenix and Sacramento, and then they lost to the Magic. So that, that tells you what that team is. Plus, you still have Lonzo just came back from injury. IT still trying to, you know, find his role with this team, and he's still coming back from his hip injury. Um It'll be interesting because the Lakers did beat the Spurs. I forget when it was, but, I, you know, that game, mm-hmm. that happened. <laughs> yeah, that happened. Simple, and... simple enough, that happened. We can't ignore that. But I'll take the Spurs in this one just because, you know, San Antonio at home. And it, it's kind of hard to put your pulse on this Lakers team. We we know that they're going to be a lottery team, but they have a really bright future, especially with Brandon Ingram and his really flashy Express commercials and Kyle Kuzma's fashion. It's, they're fun. They're fun to watch. <laughs> No, for sure. They are. They are. Um, and, and, you know, that's actually the flip side of, of them last year. They were actually good offensively last year. Then all of a sudden, defensively, they're, they're, they're the opposite this year. They're actually a lot better. Uh, I'm, I'm taking the Spurs as well um, in that one. So so we both have the Spurs going 2-0 to start here. And then on Monday, John, the Spurs play the Memphis Grizzlies here in San Antonio. Uh, the Grizzlies are 18-41 and overall, 13th in, in the West. Uh, they are 0-10 in their last 10 games. I couldn't believe that. I, I, looked, I looked at it. And yeah, they've lost 10 in a row. Um, there was actually right before you and I started recording, there was some sort of quote about Marcus all being frustrated, which obviously this is tough for him. He's not used to tanking. But hey, they own their pick. The, unlike the Lakers, the Lakers actually don't own their first round pick. So yeah. there, there's no, the Lakers are actually going to try here to, at the end of the season because they, they, they can actually just win games and develop their guys. Whereas the Grizzlies, they're trying to lose here because they, they know that they're getting closer to getting um, you know a top five pick here uh, with the way they're playing. Um, so the Grizzlies are, are um, basically, they're, they're 27th offensively, scoring 102.1 points per 100. Defensively, they're 20th, um, holding teams to 107.1 points per 100. Who do you have Monday between the Spurs and Grizz? Yeah, so Memphis is a game and a half out of the out of the last, or the worst record in the league in the lost column, I think. So I'll, I'll just go ahead and take the Spurs there. We, we can just keep that simple. 
Same here. I, I got the Spurs as well. No, no matter how how um, upset Mark Marcus saw us with this uh, with this situation, you know, he did sign the the, the, the extension with them, the max contract. So that's kind of he got to know that you know their, their payroll it doesn't look very good going forward. Uh, hopefully next year they get Mike Conley back, so they're a little bit more competitive. Um, okay, so John, so th- so then uh, we're both se- uh, ho- we're we're both um, predicting that the Spurs will go three and zero here in their next three, and you know it gets tough from there because you know after they play Memphis, they only have three bad teams left the rest of the season uh, to end, to end the season. The rest of them are all going to be uh, really good teams. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, thank you, Spurscast listeners, for tuning in to, Pro- to Spurscast uh, episode four hundred eighty four. I'm joined by John Diaz. You can follow him on Twitter at by John Diaz. Um, please continue to send us uh, questions to hashtag SpursCast. Uh, thank you to those of you who already did. Um, visit us online at Project Spurs at AT League underscore NBA at the SpursCast and at Project Spurs Network. Be sure to visit ProjectSpurs.com, AnalyzingTheLeague.com and ProjectSpurs.net. And go, go ahead, John, and um, pr- promote um, the, 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 our awesome site. Yeah, uh, Spurs on six. We've got three games that we're going to cover in March coming up. Uh, there's a back-to-back in Austin, I believe, next weekend that we are going to attend. And then another game, the last game of the season against the Lakers. Uh, they're second in the West. I, I think they're third overall in the G League. And they're not really at risk. Even, granted, they haven't like won or lost consecutive games since the beginning of February. They've been really inconsistent lately, but that's what happens when you're shuttling Matt Costello and Darian Hillard and... Uh, Derek White back and forth all the time and you know the, the team's actually been really interesting even though they they have their struggles defensively they're playing really well so it'll be fun to cover them going into the playoffs and keep an eye out for Levio John Charles like I know we've got maybe three days or no we've got two days left before any 10 days but he's been playing really well and so is Jerron Blossom game and it shows that you know they may have not been NBA ready players, but they definitely develop into their own, and they actually got a good skill set. So follow us over at Spurs on Six, uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah, what's funny about John Charles is that uh, he, he's actually being paid this season by the Spurs. Yeah, when they uh, when they when they waived him last year because he had a guaranteed deal, uh, he he he's still making one point one million. Understand this? Honey, was a. Uh, salary sheet so he's actually getting paid by the san antonio spurs well, well but, yeah. i mean the cost of living uh, in austin I and mean, he needs it so <laughs> yeah so <laughs> that's true yeah uh so yeah so again please visit uh, spurs on six.com and follow them on, on all the social media platforms as well uh john and the staff over there are doing a great job uh, um continuing to write those articles and cover that team and again keeping an eye on future prospects here like just like you mentioned with jerron blossom game uh and also lastly if you're listening to this on itunes please leave us a rating and review we really appreciate it thank you have a great day